When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Writer's Room, where funny writers who sit in funny rooms and write funny words for other people finally get to talk. Here's your host, me, Jeff Cesario. Welcome to the Writer's Room. Oh, man, this is going to be a cool one, uh, this episode. I got Adam Spiegelman here, and he is a writer and uh, a producer and like a segment producer. And he's kind of come at the whole comedy thing and the whole reality thing from what I would euphemistically refer to as a different room. He's yeah. <laughs> he's True. guys like this are in a different place in the offices. And yet uh, they contribute so much to the comedy and so much to uh, the overall effect of, of any show. Uh, let's welcome him. Adam, how you doing today? Ladies, sit down, sit down. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please. But you're right. That is funny. It is a different room. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, it's always a different room. And then it's like, uh, uh, where's Adam? Well, he's in his office. Why isn't he here? Well, I don't know, because he's got to deal with other things. <laughs> so so you've been a writer and a segment producer, but largely coming mostly from production segment producing uh co- attacking comedy and reality and all your jobs from from that office and that includes now you worked on on Kimmel and you worked on uh, on uh, Lopez tonight so you've worked late night talk uh and all the way up through um what you're doing now which is essentially all access what other things what are you it's access hollywood so it's yeah. really so yeah, so I do the comedy and then the interview part. So like a late night show like Jimmy or George, you would uh, do a funny interview. You know, you do an interview and right. you find funny stories with celebrities. So now I'm doing mainly just celebrity interviews. I mean, I'm trying to keep it funny and, and interesting and light. But the other stuff is like for George and Jimmy and, you know, Arsenio, whoever, you're looking for a funny story. Hey, uh, when you do your pre-interview, did you go on vacation? Did you fall down and hit your head? You know, you try to just find like funny right, stories. Now hang like on, <laughs> because you can't lead them that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you have to, but I, I've had some hard okay, ones. So walk me through. Walk me through an easy one. Uh huh. Walk me through a tough one, and use names if you want or not. I don't care. But so essentially, your gig is your segment producing a guest on Kimmel or on Lopez or on Arsenio or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. And they assign you. So you have to go, you have to get in contact with the guests, publicists, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. First. And what's that like? Well, they want you, you know, they're there to promote a movie or a book or a song. And then they want to promote everything. So the publicists, I always feel like they want to get whatever's best to publicize, you know, like, so I try to avoid them as much as possible for that reason. I mean, I'll give them what, you know, it's different now. I'm older. I'm like, sure, whatever you need. But um, then, especially on Kimmel, we had this weird rule of just like, don't give them anything they want, you know. But it was, it was crazy. There was a fighter. I wish I could remember his name. He was a big UFC fighter. 
and he was coming on to promote a fight one thing and then he's like he had a beanie and in my mind because i'm an idiot i thought it was a yarmulke and i thought how hilarious is a, a fighter selling a yarmulke so i said let's do the beanie and wear the beanie so we get there and the, his publicist had a whole basket full of junk tchotchkes garbage that he uh was selling you know t-shirts water bottles foot right. cream like whatever and he wanted to give it this is the big bs give jimmy a gift quote unquote of this right. crap and then he could throw it on air and i was like no no i said the words no basket so this giant guy's walking on stage and i look over and in his giant ass arms are all his products wow and the publicist goes you said no basket oh, i was like fair God. enough and then me reaching up and grabbing these items out of these guys arms and he goes you said i can wear the beanie i go you know what i was wrong about the beanie wear it do whatever you want so they got the beanie <laughs> they didn't get all the other crap so publishers, so i always look at it that way but so yeah, they um, have not have not fared well on the writer's room generally speaking most of my guests <laughs> oh they're and, great ones i've worked with great and and now being older you're just kind of like you see where they come yeah. from, but I know not to go to them for certain things. Like I know, you, I used to always say, like, "Oh, I'm going to talk to you, blah blah blah." Is there anything going on with them? I should right. Know. So you their know, agenda is yeah. to promote whatever it is they're coming on to promote and your protect agenda, their guests, protect yeah, their client. Your agenda yeah. is to create an entertaining segment, right? And that's going to involve some basics, which means handing your host a list of questions. And answers, mm -hmm. uh, which which is an easy mistake to make. <laughs> I've mm -hmm. done it myself. How's Get that? the questions right, and then the host goes, "Well, what's he going to answer? I got to kind of know where he's going." Right. You know? So, so to create an entertaining segment, it's a list of questions and answers that will give your host a chance to create moments of lightheartedness and comedy with the guest. Now, how do you achieve those questions? <laughs> Is it is because sometimes I imagine it's easy, and certainly some guests, Martin Short, Dana Carvey, people who can kind of carry a segment on their own, probably wouldn't even need a pre-interview. And then all the way to people where you're literally like you're saying, you have to go, did you fall and hit your head on a car bumper today? Help me out here. How do you how do you tell if a guest is gonna have it or not? Well, coming from I do have a Martin Short story, so we can hold on that. But um, coming from daytime talk, like conflict talk, like divorce court and those kind of shows, you can tell a good guest from the minute they get on the phone. You get on the phone, divorce court, you say, hey, I understand you're going through a divorce. What's going on? And if they say, I'm going to kill that motherfucker, you're like, get, right. get someone, get him on the plane now. <laughs> if they go, well, you know, things didn't work out, you're like, okay, well, thank you for calling. Have a nice day. Try people's court. You know, goodbye, friends. So, um <laughs> Uh, so some guests are great. So when you talk to a celebrity, you can feel right away. Um, to answer your question, we you got to get specific questions. You can't, you can't be general. It's really bizarre. But if you say like, uh, hey, do you have any hobbies? They're like, um, no. Then you're like, well, hey, I read you're surfing. Have, have you gone surfing with your son? And then they have this great story about surfing with their son. And they didn't even think of it until you got right in there. And that's really something I've learned that you have to do. So you have to do some research on your own yeah uh, it's probably not going to be based on a lot of stuff you're getting from the publicists maybe some of it but so do you think okay we got so-and-so coming on the show i gotta hit google 
I got to hit, I got to hit some friends of mine who've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you go to try to find the most interesting places to, to, from which to pull a story? Uh, I would go. Yeah. So back in the day, old school, you go through all Lexus Nexus uh, playboy always had the best interviews, Rolling Stone. You go way back to that kind of stuff. Um, right. Way, way back before the internet, you would cut out, you go to people magazine in the front of the magazine to be little tidbits, you know, like Tom Cruise sure. walking down the street and it would say like eating, drinking his favorite coffee and you cut that and you put it in a folder. It says Tom Cruise. So wow. you kind of do the digital version now yeah. of that. But um, so now it's mostly watching a lot of YouTube interviews, a lot of podcasts. When I drive to work, I have an hour drive. I listen to uh, interviews with them. You know, Mark Marin. you can see a lot of interviews on TV are TV versions of Mark Marin's podcast, you know, like, they, they come right from it like damn it i was gonna use that story you know um right. what's his name uh, will farrell said told the story that how he was on the jury uh, no the jury of the oj trial was sequestered right his the groundlings his troop was hired to entertain the jury oh I my was like, god brilliant brilliant story and then of course it was on kimmel a couple months i remember i was at arsenio and i was telling someone i was like we got to save this for when we get will farrell and they're like Hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> We're not getting Will Ferrell. And of course, and they told on Kimmel, and you know, he's told it probably a hundred times after that. But you know, that's where it comes from. So yeah. So podcasts Mark, are Marin, great research. Marin has become a font of potential. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-hour free interview. He's a clearinghouse, right? <laughs> yeah. For the tidbit size that you need for a talk show. Right. Wow. Um, yeah, so you have to do, um, and then you do a pre-interview and you talk with them and you try to drill. So Tan Martin Short. So now that pre-interview, yeah. oh, go ahead. Uh, wait, no, hang on. That pre-interview. pre-interview happens, I'm guessing usually on the phone with the celeb. 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on yeah. the phone. And then, uh, you t- it's about 15 minutes. Um, I used to count if they were bad, if they were like, if you were a scale of one to 10, if they were like a five or six and you're like, Ooh, and you look at the watch and you're like. Well, this went 15, 14 minutes. There's segments eight minutes with a walkout and a clip. I can make it work. All right. Well, thank you very much. I got to go. But you know, so, like, I have enough. At but, that you know, point, you just, you're just baking a cookie recipe. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to, all right. These aren't, they're not going to kill, but they'll be fine for the kids. We'll get the cookies out. <laughs> right, right, right. Man. So where in the process do you go? a light bulb goes off and you go, oh, not only is this going to be a great segment, but we could do something with this person, a game, an activity, something beyond this. This could be a second segment. When uh-huh. does it when does it gestate in your brain and you go, I could have some actual comedy here? Because you have a great comedy head, uh, especially for someone in that position. A lot of people in your position, they want to do exactly what you're saying. Get a couple of funny stories, get out, move on to the next. A couple of funny stories, get out, move on. You're always thinking, oh, hang on. What was that? <laughs> We're in a mime troupe? Hold on. I mean. Right. Will you show us a mime? Yeah, yeah. You have another gear. And and when do you know to engage it? Well, there's the natural way of you doing research and you see, oh, they're in a mime troupe or they learn karate and you, as a kid and you want to, can you bring your awards out, you know, and then can you show us some moves and you know that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and then, so, and if they're fun, then they'll, they'll do it. Or if, uh, 
even Lagoria used to shoot guns in Texas. So you get her to shoot like funny things to knock them down. Um, football player to throw to knock things, funny things. Right. So that's right. a natural thing that comes out of it. And then the unnatural is when your boss says, we need a second segment or Fallon's doing bits and they're killing. We have to do more bits. And you're like, <laughs> there's no bit there. There's, we're forcing it. And they're like, yes, force it. Force. Make it and you're like, perfect. Let's force it. And we'll make What's it What's the worst forced bit? that you have encountered that you had to be part of yeah uh i'm sure there's a better one this but arsenio who i think is a you know brilliant comedian wonderful man great guy to work for is one thing two one one is he doesn't want to give you criticism so he'll just walk out of the room so we were pitching him mike tyson was coming on mike tyson by the way is a great guest and you can just let him talk for three days and that's fine and i have funny (laughs) mike tyson stories too so uh, I were sitting there with the EP, the writer, who I won't say was Hugh Moore, and myself, and we're pitching this terrible idea that the EP came up with that poor Hugh had to write. And it was like Arsenio and Mike Tyson doing Shakespeare or something. It was really bad. And Arsenio was so sweet and so nice. He didn't want to say no. That he looked at his phone, nothing rang, goes, oh, I got a phone call. Got up and left the room. <laughs> <laughs> like two minutes in, we're just sitting there waiting, and he never came back. Oh, we didn't man. see him till rehearsal. Um, that is brilliant. And then we just talked to Mike. T- and sometimes you're just like, can we just talk to the person? We don't need a game, you know. And a lot right. of times I'm wrong. Maybe the game is fantastic. You know, it always, it works. So um, I'm doing I'm interviewing Bernadette Peters, and we're gonna have a wheel of stories for Bernadette. You know, and so like. That way we can, I was against it, but I was wrong because my boss said, we'll do it. Um, but we can put in like tiles of old stuff so I can put in the jerk and we can ask a question about a movie that's uh-huh. 50 years old, you know? Um, so that kind of works there. And then stuff she wants. Um, but to get to, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to talk Martin Short. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. I want to so, hear the Martin Short story and I want to hear the... Um, um, Tyson. Tyson stuff. So Martin this Short. Is what you get privy to. Yeah, yeah. Which which has to feed another muscle. We'll get to that. But 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 yeah. So Martin Short, you're like, oh well, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna ask him about you know this, I'm gonna ask him about that. He says, uh, I'm gonna send you and I guess back, this is back in the day. He would fax people and then by the time I got him, we would email AOL or whatever. We um a word document with different stories on it, like say 10 different stories on it. Each one's in a different font and different size. So you just kind of block and copy different ideas. Right. And then you're allowed to pick three to five stories that he'll tell on the show. And then you have a pre-interview where he tells you essentially why you're wrong and why you should do these other stories. Um, (laughs) And that's the way he used to do it. And he would tell the same five stories, no matter, or one of eight stories, the three of eight stories. So, we're in a dressing room and he's like, I think we should tell this poop story. And, you know, and I got, I got really like attached to my audience. And I was like, Oh, you think my audience is so stupid that they only can do a poop story. So I'm like, no, no, we don't need a poop. story. my audience doesn't like poop stories. They're smarter than that. And he goes, I was on SCTV. And I just shut down and I was like, tell your poop story, do whatever you want to do. (laughs) But he used to do that list of stories. And now it looks like he, he or a writer writes very funny one-liners. 
that he gets. Yeah, he is just loaded when he comes on now. So I imagine he has at least a couple of folks that he uh, uh, writes with or jams with or they send him and then he clears through it. And uh, yeah, he and uh, Steve Martin have such a nice rhythm going with that now that they can do anything. And then it's because they're so insanely funny, they can play along with these games and kind of make them entertaining on a different level than just the game. Right. Uh, Which has to be hard to have a guest who for some reason is kind of being shoehorned into a game or activity on the air. (laughs) And you as the segment producer are are like, I just from a whole comedy standpoint, this is not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. And yet you have to, you have to figure out how to make it work. How do you do that? How do you get somebody? Is there anything you can do to try to get somebody from a two to at least a four or a five? So the segment works. Yeah, that's, that's what I get paid for. (laughs) That's my skill. (laughs) Um, That's the secret, right? Uh, So some of it is. Do you cajole them? Do you. Do you, well, is it depends on the chemistry of the personality. How how do you do it? Like a bad guest, you mean? Yeah. Someone who's going to be a dud. You you try to, I don't know. You try to produce around them. Like that's when you have a game. That's when you have uh, rapid fire questions. That's when you have like old clips. You look for an old clip of them from 1972 of them as a kid on a TV commercial, and you surprise them with it. Uh, <laughs> I remember we did that with one boring guest. He was like. We used to get, I used to get all the hot models and, and good looking guys that were so boring because they never had to have a personality. And <laughs> this guy, so I found a clip of him on some old TV show and as a kid, and it was great. He was cute and it was funny. It was a stupid show. And he, he afterwards goes, well, why did, because they usually surprise him with it and they're not upset. Yeah. And he goes, why did you do that? And I was like, because it's fun. He goes, oh. But I thought it was an interview. <laughs> oh, on this show, I had a guest who started talking about, and it's on YouTube, having, ah, oh, fuck, I don't even want to say it, like sex right. stuff with her husband that was uh-huh. pretty graphic. And she uh-huh. says it on her show, and we're a live show, and it goes on air. And the publicist afterwards is walking around pissed. And I'm like, I don't know what to say because I'm new at the job and I don't want to lose my job. And I was like, I'm going to lose my job. And the publicist comes up and she goes, we did not, you promised me, we did not talk about her process, her acting process. And I go, the what? The publicist angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I can lose my job. We can lose our license. There's, there's a, a lube and leashes involved. And the, and the publicist <laughs> is pissed off because uh, they, you didn't get the acting process. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing. If they want to talk about the acting process, you kind of talk them out of it because no one yeah. cares. Nobody cares with it. You think uh, I work in, you know, some lady. What other areas do you hear from publicists or the guests themselves where you go, all right, I got to shift it into overdrive and somehow steer away from that subject. So so the actual acting process, that's out because that. I mean, really, who cares? I mean, we're not that show for another show. Yes. Not for a show for. And, and that right there is a stuff. tactful way. That's an Arsenio way out of that question. With just those walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the right show. We're not the right show for that. There's plenty of places for that. But that is the truth. Let them it go is. find the right show for the process. But the you want the audience. If you're selling a movie or something, you want the audience to kind of 
appreciate the, you know, know the person. Right. You're becoming friends on this show. So you want to hear stories that are relatable, you know? They right. right. Yeah. So people always ask like, do you like to act or direct better? Like, I don't know. What's the answer to that? Who cares? Yeah. Like, what's a good answer to that? Yeah. I, so you have to kind of find the crevices around it and come up with something entertaining. I, I imagine family could be, could go either way because family can be entertaining, but you've got to, like you say, you've got to find a specific question or it just could be boring. My husband and I went on this kind of trip and blah, blah, blah. And then you go, okay, nobody, you know, Heidi Klum has a tendency, but she herself, people find her fascinating. So it's okay. But she'll go on these, these tangents where you go, you were in Switzerland for how long do you work? How could uh, you take your whole family to Switzerland for five fucking weeks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that sometimes that works in the right hands. So, so have you ever been in a room with a guest where they're there live and you're like, you're still, as a segment producer, you're still looking for the entertainment? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've had it not recently, but I've had it. I had the worst experience I had was was actually this is a long time ago. It was on Kimmel a long time ago. Uh, it was a guy who was he was on one, an ABC show and he's like, I don't need to do a pre interview. I'm like, oh boy. So I write up the interview anyway, just, you know, because it's, it's right. my job. And then I go in his dressing room and I say, all right, this is what, and I go over with Jimmy what we're going to talk about, what stories I found on my own and what right. we're going to lead into. And, you know, and Jimmy's fine, whatever. So Jimmy's prepped. So I go to prep him and he's like, I don't need it. I'm just going to ad lib. And I'm like, uh, all right. And now my mistake was I let it go. So he yeah. goes out there. He thinks he's going to ad lib. Like even Martin Short does not ad lib. No. Right. Like these, these guys, guys who are trained professional comedians to work off the top of their heads. Don't yeah. They? So he starts. So Jimmy tries to get him to tell the story. And he messes up the story. And then. <laughs> he gets mad at jimmy and jimmy's like well if you just done the reason if you just listened i wouldn't you would know what story i was going to like he like scolded the guy on air because oh, it was correct. driving him so crazy but you know like some people can do that some and they don't and it's funny too like older people that you think like they've done this a hundred times i'll say like do you want to hear the questions and sometimes they'll say yes and they'll go over it which is great <laughs> 